I'm Carol Pelletier-Radford, and you're listening to the Teaching with Light podcast. On this podcast, I'll share encouraging lessons I've learned through a long career in education, and I'll interview other teachers and leaders so they can share their wisdom with all of us. This series of the Teaching with Light podcast is titled Teacher Stories. Each of the 10 episodes introduces you to a practicing classroom teacher who will share a story that influenced them in some way. Hi, everyone. I am here today with Megan Sobel Flowers. And Megan began her teaching career about nine years ago as a science teacher, and she is currently a teacher leader, mentor coordinator in the Washington County Public Schools in Maryland. Her journey into leadership started with her commitment to support beginning teachers in the, in the district, in the county, and she has expanded her role to also mentor and support experienced teachers who might need some encouragement in their later years. Our topic for this episode is Pay It Forward, and Megan's story is titled Mentoring Matters. Now, we all know as teachers, our primary focus is on the students in our classrooms. And we also know that students learn best from effective teachers. And that is why it's so important to support our beginning teachers who might not be so effective yet. (laughs) And one way to support beginning teachers is through comprehensive mentoring programs. District programs that not only support the novice, but also prepare the mentors to engage in purposeful mentoring conversations will lead to student success. This is the journey of one teacher who became a mentor leader in her county because she believes in paying it forward to support the next generation of teachers. Megan, welcome. Thank you for being here. How are you today? Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm excited for the listeners to hear your story. So uh, teachers um, that become leaders have to be brave to step up, (laughs) leave their classroom, and then to take on a countywide leadership position takes even more courage. So can you share with us why you decided to leave the classroom and become a, a mentor leader, which you've been doing for the last four years? Um, Yeah, at the time, uh, I was a classroom teacher teaching middle school science. Um, I was working in a very challenging school. We had a very high teacher turnover rate. Um, I found that every year I had a whole bunch of new colleagues and new team members. And often they were very inexperienced or first year teachers. Um, And so they were constantly seeking feedback and constantly looking for support anywhere that they could get it. Um, So I found myself mentoring teachers on a regular basis, just kind of as a natural part of what I was doing every day. Um, So when the opportunity came up to move into a position with an official mentoring role, I jumped at the chance and I was happy to be selected to be able to do that every day. So does the county have a 
how is this organized that there are these mentoring roles? Is it by school? Is it by district in the county? Say a little bit about the organizational structure of this. Sure. We have a very comprehensive program. Um, all of our new teachers go through a, a three-year process. Um, and so the first year they have a, a school-based mentor, which is what I do. And then they also have another mentor who services many schools. Um, and then in years two and three, that support gets dialed back. Um, but someone does my position in each of our schools and some of our larger schools even have more than one person. So it's a very comprehensive program. Is it making a difference? What, what are your um, retention rates or informal conversations with novice teachers that make them feel more supported? What, what's the evidence? Uh, absolutely. I think that mentoring plays a huge role and we talk about that um, in our leadership meetings a lot, that teachers need to feel supported and be supported in order to stay in the profession and stay uh, in our most challenging schools specifically. Thank you. So I came to know you because you actually enrolled and registered for the Mentoring in Action course, which is part of the company that I created called Mentoring in Action. And you were one of the teachers from another state that, reg uh, that completed the course. And part of your final was to do a video sharing what you had learned in the course and I watch all those videos and I was so impressed with the way that you shared your learning and also how your mindset actually changed that I wanted to invite you to be featured on this uh, podcast for Paying It Forward. So I want to acknowledge you for that and for stepping up and enrolling in a graduate credit course when maybe you thought you might have known everything you had already been a mentor but can you share what you learned in the course that helped you be a mentor leader sure um, when I came into this role uh, I was successful in the classroom and successful at, at coaching and helping some colleagues through some challenging situations um, I had all of the nuts and bolts. I felt like I could do curriculum implementation. I could help implement new technology. I could analyze data and use it to drive instruction. Um, I really felt like I had it down. Um, but the more time I spent in the role, the more I realized that I was not really well equipped to help teachers um, kind of balance all of the demands that are placed on them, which seem to be ever growing. Um, I realized that I wasn't doing a great job of supporting the emotional needs, the self-care, the mindfulness. Um, and I eventually realized that I really could not truly affect the classroom if I was ignoring the other side. Okay, so the course helped you to, to see that. And did you get some strategies that could help you do it or was it just an awareness that you needed to do that um absolutely um this year has obviously been a little unorthodox um but from the course i developed a lot of plans that i would like to put in place with our staff this year um 
really for them to acknowledge that it is okay to focus on themselves and to bring in the mindfulness practices. And I think teachers are inherently unselfish. Um, and as a result, they kind of fail to take care of themselves sometimes. And so I want to make those things a structured part of what we do um, so that teachers don't feel guilty for addressing those, those things for themselves, because ultimately that's going to make them better for their students and more effective in the classroom. Thank you for that. Now, part of the final exam, uh, final reflection really, was to acknowledge how your thinking changed throughout the beginning uh, of the course to the end. And the question was, uh, I used to think, and now I think. Could you share the three things that, that changed for you? Sure. Uh, you know, I really used to think that mentoring was about improving instruction, only improving instruction. And now I realize that those things can't happen, those instructional improvements, unless the teacher is in the right place mentally and emotionally in order to, to drive them forward. And so I used to think that mentoring only needed to be inclusive of the county initiatives and the curriculum implementation. And now I realize that it needs to include the mindfulness and the self-reflection and the self-awareness. And do you have um, a story or what have you noticed that has changed by you completing this graduate reflection on mentoring um, that you are doing differently now? I think I'm a much better listener now. Um, I'm better at listening to what the teacher is really saying. And why, go ahead. Oh, um, sorry. That's and, good. And being more, more cognizant of what their actual need is in the moment, even if their need in that moment isn't necessarily what I wanted them to be focused on or wanted them to be thinking about in that moment. I think you're raising a really important uh, way for us as mental leaders to look at novice teacher needs and to be able to differentiate and not just, as you're saying, do the county initiatives and this curriculum, which is really professional development, not mentoring, but to be able to listen to their questions, sometimes they don't even know what the questions are. I was speaking to a novice the other day and she goes, I didn't know what I didn't know. <laughs> so I didn't know how to ask a question of my mentor. So how are you responding to that? How can you integrate that listening in a systematic way for the people that you're training and that you're working with? Um, I really tried to ask more questions myself instead of providing an answer or providing what I think is the right answer. Um, and sometimes through the questions that I'm able to ask, I realize that what I thought they were concerned about isn't really what they were concerned about at all. So it's been an, an eye-opening process. I love that. And I think the questions 
help us to figure out how to differentiate because the response does lead you to another place. So I appreciate the learning that took place for you. It sounds like it was a good experience. And uh, other listeners, if you are interested in this kind of training, you can go to mentoringinaction.com and learn, learn about it. So Megan, tell me, what does pay it forward mean to you? I think for me, paying it forward is really kind of taking the learning opportunities that I have had and sharing them with others. Um, I feel like I've been extremely fortunate to have wonderful teachers and mentors in my life. Um, right now, I have a wonderful mentor supervisor who provides uh, amazing support to us whenever we need it. Um, so I'm still learning and growing. And as I'm doing that, I hope I can provide that same support to others. I so appreciate that you are uh, a, a young leader, a beginning teacher leader, really, in nine years in the profession, and four of them have been in this teacher leader mentor role. And I'm so inspired by that because I feel that in the past, we always waited for beginning teachers to go through 10 or 20 years of teaching before they... Uh, could earn their stripes to, to be a leader. And I believe that younger teachers like yourself can really hear and listen to and respond to the needs that these beginners are sharing with us. So the thing is, paying it forward is for retention, right? Are you retaining more teachers now? Um, I believe we are. Uh, it's obviously a, a challenging time to be in education, but I believe the ongoing support and my district really commits to this mentoring process and this comprehensive program. And they're constantly asking for feedback from those who are going through it and revising it and really listening to what those teachers are saying and, and what they need to stay in the district. So I think the responsiveness has been, has been wonderful. That really is an important part of it. Now, what I loved about your story when I first heard it uh, in that final reflection is that you include experienced teachers in your mentoring program as well. Tell us a little bit about that. We do. Um, as I said, we have a really comprehensive plan. It's obviously more intensive um, for first-year teachers. Uh, actually, through their third year, it's very structured. Um, but after that, there is mentoring and support available to every teacher. Um, as I said, there's someone that does my position in every one of our buildings, if not more than one person. Um, so there's regular opportunity for veteran teachers to get together, to collaborate, to have maybe some group mentoring, as well as individual mentoring um, kind of on demand. Having us in the building is really really an asset, I believe, to all of our teachers. Um, and further, furthering that, we actually, everyone who does my job gets mentoring as well. We come together monthly. We have all of our supervisors and leaders there to help support and mentor us as mentors. So I love that because you want to keep your positive light on too. I mean, there's nothing more discouraging than a mentor or mentor leader who is burned out. <laughs> so we need, we need that supervision and connection. And um, what do you get from those meetings? How do they make you feel at the end of those? 
it's a really positive experience. Um, it's, you know, other people who are experiencing the same things as you, or we'll do a lot of like coaching and role-playing where we can help each other through challenging conversations and situations. Um, I always learn something. Um, and then we can also hold each other accountable for our own mindfulness and our own self-care. And are we doing what we need to do so that we can be there for the rest of the teachers. Yes. And you did mention that we have to be the role models. We can't just be telling people to, Oh, relax, balance your life. If we're moving in 150 directions and not taking the time to, to model that positive and healthy behavior. So well-being in that social and emotional learning piece is important. And I'm just so happy that you learned so much from the course that you could apply right away as practical. So what's your advice for other teachers that are listening that either need to get make their program more comprehensive or they're beginning uh, teachers who want to become leaders or even experienced teachers who want to uh, design a better mentoring program? What, what do you have to say? I would definitely say go for it if you have the opportunity. Um, if, it, if it feels like in your heart it's something you're interested in doing. Um, I think you mentioned something key, and that's that you don't have to wait until you are a 30-year veteran expert to step into this role, um, whether it's in an official capacity or whether you're just helping out a new colleague. Um, the process is honestly very rewarding. Um, one of the things that was really challenging for me when I stepped away from the classroom was not having my own students anymore. I definitely felt a void there of, well, wait, that, the, the kids are why I got into this. What am I doing now? Um, and I think the more comprehensive mentoring that I'm doing now where I'm not just focused on the curriculum and I am focused on developing the whole teacher I think that's helping to fill in that, that missing place where the students were. Um, and honestly, it allows me hopefully to reach greater numbers of students um, as I'm able to impact those teachers. Thank you for, for that wise advice. The closing affirmation for this podcast is taken from the Teaching with Light book. And the affirmation is, I pay it forward with love. Megan, uh, you began, your journey is inspiring and very courageous. You have shown us that you changed your perspective and learned new ways to help mentors and novice teachers to be their best selves. Your ability to expand your vision to include experienced teachers demonstrates your commitment to the entire school and the whole teacher. Your inner light, I can feel through this, through this uh, headphone, is shining bright, and you are sharing your light with so many others, and this is what is making a difference to the students. So as you said, we miss our students, but your novice teachers now have become your students. Thank you for sharing your story and showing us that we can pay it forward right now through our mentoring programs. Thank you, Megan, for being our guest in the final episode of the Teacher Stories series. Thanks, Megan. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Light podcast. 
For more wisdom and inspiration, you can purchase the Teaching with Light book at corwin.com forward slash teaching with light. That's corwin.com forward slash teaching with light.